Happy Mother's Day to everybody, because we all have a mother, and we've probably all been mothers in different forms. First, I wanted to show you the Mother's Day card from my kids and my daughter's uh, bow. <laughs> Can you see it? That's that's my Mother's Day card. It's pretty perfect. So today, I wanted to talk about mothers. I, I, I realized what I was really focused on about Mother's Day was, um, you know, I lost my my mother in January, and uh, it's it's been, you know, I'm still thinking about her, and I think about her on the times during the day when I'd be calling her or thinking about things she might want to hear about. And uh, I know so many people lost their mothers uh, during the pandemic, and things were hard, and so many of the people in the groups that I'm, uh, that, I, that I'm with, there are so many uh, people who've lost their parents, one of their parents. So that all, those are, whether it was a dad or a mom, those are people we can celebrate today. And uh, you don't have to be a mother to have had a mother. So I wanted to focus on uh, just, just that figure of a mother in our lives, the person that is that very strong influence on our lives. So we all have mothers, so we can all think about them. And fathers as well may have been the, the key person in your life. So I wanted to read a little bit from this book on Deepa Ma. And her name, she's a very famous Buddhist uh, teacher a Buddhist master. This book is called Deepama, The Life and Legacy of a Buddhist Master. And her name means the mother of Deepa. Her daughter, she had, uh, she had children that she lost when they were very young, and she's from India. And one daughter who was, she named Deepa, so her name became Deepama. And she was a very important teacher for, uh, Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein and Jack Cornfield, and it was because of her deep practice and her peaceful peacefulness that was just part of who she was. So rather, I'm not going to read her biography. Is she's a really important person person to read about, but it's it's a uh, I'm going to read, this is a chapter later in the book, and it's called Ten Lessons to Live By. And I'm not reading the whole chapter, it's a little bit long, but uh, I'd like to read uh, to you. This is part of her story, too. The story of Deepa Ma's spiritual unfolding is the archetypal tale of all who seek the way. The stages it describes, setting forth, making a commitment, facing and overcoming difficulties, finding freedom, and sharing one's discoveries. Oh, there's a cat. 
and sharing one's discoveries with the world closely parallel those of the Buddha's own journey of transformation. After his great awakening under the Bodhi tree, the Buddha enunciated the Four Noble Truths. First, that suffering exists and is in fact the hallmark of all conditioned existence. Second, that its cause is attachment. Third, that it is possible to end suffering. And fourth, that there is a path that he spelled out in detail that leads away from suffering to the cherished goal of liberation. Buddhist practice, simply put, is about ending suffering for ourselves and for all beings. It is this implicit promise that our own suffering can cease that first brings many of us to meditation practice. And it is Deepama's life example that can give us the confidence to set forth on this journey. A woman, a mother, a householder, Deepama makes the Buddha's path seem accessible and the great goal of freedom attainable in this and the great goal of freedom attainable in this very life. What follows are some of the lessons we can derive from Deepama's essential teachings. May they be of help to you in your own journey of liberation. Lesson one. Choose one meditation practice and stick with it. If you want to progress in meditation, stay with one technique. Deepama was adamant about commitment to one style. Don't give up and don't jump around from practice to practice. Find a technique that suits you and keep going until you find your edge, the point where difficulties start to arise. A common mistake many Western spiritual seekers make is to interpret difficulties as a problem with a particular practice. Then when the going gets tough, the tough goes spiritual shopping. From the vantage point of that uncomfortable edge, some other practice always looks better. Maybe I should do Tibetan chanting or Sufi dancing. In fact, difficulties usually are a reliable sign that the practice is working. Take Deepama's advice to heart. Stick with the practice you've chosen through difficulty and doubt through inspiration and stagnation, through the inevitable ups and downs. If you can stay committed to your practice through the darkest of times, wisdom will dawn. Lesson two, meditate every day. Practice now, don't think you will do more later. Deepama stated firmly that if you want peace, you must practice regularly. She insisted that students find time for formal meditation practice every day, even if only for five minutes. If that proved impossible, she advised, at least when you were in bed at night, notice just one in-breath and one out-breath before you fall asleep. Besides formal sitting on the cushion, Deepama urged students to make every moment of their lives a meditation. Many of them were busy people who found it difficult to set aside any time at all. Deepak Chowdhury told Deepama that it was impossible for him to practice because he had a very full schedule at the bank where he worked. 
He explained that he spent his work days doing calculations and that his job required him to be continually on the move, too busy and too restless even to think about meditation. Deepama wouldn't hear of this. She insisted that meditation is always possible, that it is not separate from life. If you are busy, then busyness is the meditation. She told him, when you do calculations, know that you are doing calculations. Meditation is to know what you are doing. If you are rushing to the office, then you should be mindful of rushing. When you are eating, putting on your shoes, your socks, your clothes, you must be mindful. It is all meditation. Even when you are cutting your nails, put your mind there. Know that you are cutting your nails. For Deepama, mindfulness wasn't something she did. It was who she was. The best adage, she said, is with trust and willingness. When your mind wanders, simply begin again. Deepama made it clear that there's nothing wrong with lapses of mindfulness. It happens to everyone. It is not a permanent problem. Don't worry. Just start again. Always maintain your effort. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a big cat out watching my squirrels. Don't worry, just start again. Always maintain your effort, patience, and faith. <clears throat> Even when you lose energy and motivation, she advised, just notice that, then shift to another mindfulness practice, walking, awareness and ordinary activity or sitting in which more motivation is present. Lesson three, any situation is workable. Each of us <clears throat> has enormous power. It can be used to help ourselves and help others. The Buddha left his wife, <clears throat> excuse me, the Buddha left his wife and child in order to pursue his awakening. But Deepama, out of necessity, found her path to freedom within the context of motherhood and ordinary household life. Her message to women and men everywhere is that you don't have to leave your family to reach high states of spiritual understanding. You can be a spouse and parent and still pursue the Dhamma. Even though initially she thought that she would have to give up her daughter to go to a monastery and practice in solitude, Deepama came to understand that she could make her family part of the journey. Deepama's approach was of radical inclusiveness, everything and the kitchen sink. There is nothing ultimately to cling to in this world. Deepama taught, but we can make good use of everything in it. Life is not to be rejected. It is here. And as long as it is here and we are here, we can make the best use of it. I love that. Deepama wasn't attached to a particular teacher, place, or lifestyle. The whole world was her monastery. Sharon Crater remembers at my idealistic age of 20, when I wanted to believe if I sat long enough with the right teacher, everything would be okay. She showed me it was about being awake to much more. 
She was an example of how to be a true mother to the world. To be a true mother is to feel intensely. To be a true mother is to embrace whatever comes along with awareness and to to make all circumstances my teachers. Lesson four, I'm going to read four and five and then read the rest tomorrow, Tuesday. Lesson four, practice patience. Patience is one of the most important virtues for developing mindfulness and concentration. These first sentences are quotes from her. Patience is forged by constantly meeting the edge. If you stay with your meditation practice, it isn't inevitable that difficulties will arise. In the most challenging situations, merely showing up, being present, may be all that is possible, and it may be enough. Kate Wheeler recounts the effects of this kind of patience in Deepa Ma's life. She had seen her mind go through every kind of suffering and was able to sit through it. Later, when she came out of that fire, there was something very determined, almost frightening, about how she could look at you, because she had seen herself. There was nowhere to hide. She exemplified that you can't just sit around thinking about getting enlightened. You have to take hold of these truths at the deepest level of your heart. Deepama's daughter talks about her mother's patience. The day before she died, Rishi, that was uh, Deepa, this daughter's son, Rishi, who was 11 at the time, was trying to hit him, and he hid behind my mother. She wouldn't let me touch him. I was very upset and cried to her, you don't know how mad he has made me. I want to punish him. My mother came to me with a mild, slow voice and said, Deepa, you are my daughter, and you too were silly once. I did not throw you out of the house for being silly. She talked about being affectionate and patient and talking slowly. It was a teaching I remember. Patience is a lifetime practice to be developed and refined over time. According to Deepa Ma, Patience is essential in maturing the mind and therefore is one of the most important qualities to cultivate. Lesson five, free your mind. In her quote, your mind is all stories. Deepa Ma did not say that the mind is mostly stories. She said that there is nothing in the mind but stories. These are the personal dramas that create and maintain the sense of individual identity. Who we are, what we do, what we are, and are not capable of. Without our being aware of it, the endless series of such thoughts drives and limits our lives. And yet those stories are without substance. Deepama challenged students' beliefs and their stories, their attachment to the stories, When someone said, I can't do that, she would ask, are you sure? Or who says? Or why not? She encouraged students to observe the stories, to see their emptiness, and to go beyond the limitations they impose. Let go of thinking, she urged, 
Meditation is not about thinking. At the same time, Deepa Ma taught that the mind is not an enemy to be gotten rid of. Rather, in the process of befriending the mind, in getting to know and accept it, it ceases to be a problem. Deepama knew the freedom that follows that process. She lived in a, in a state of thought-free awareness. In a group interview, Jack Cornfield innocently asked, What is it like in your mind? Deepama smiled, closed her eyes, and quietly answered, In my mind there are three things, concentration, loving-kindness, and peace. Jack, not sure if he had heard correctly, asked, Is that all? Yes, that is all, Deepa Ma replied. The room was silent. Then there were a few sighs and quiet laughs, followed by Jack's barely audible whisper. How wonderful! Let's just do one more, because I like this. I'll read um, Lesson 6. I like it. Cool the fire of emotions. Anger is a fire. When someone came to visit Deepama, it didn't matter who it was, or what emotional state they were embroiled in, or what the circumstances were. Deepama treated each person with complete compassionate acceptance. Can we offer the same acceptance to the emotions that arise in us? Can we see our emotional states as visitors to be treated with friendliness, to be treated with kindness? Can we simply allow anger and other emotions emotions to arise and pass away without reacting in ways that might be harmful? A lot of incidents happen in daily life, which are undesirable, Deepama said. Sometimes I experience some irritation, but my mind remains cool. Irritation comes and passes. My mind isn't disturbed by this. Anger is a fire, but I don't feel any heat. It comes and it dies right out. Deepama's example is inspiring, but aren't there certain occasions when anger might be appropriate? Aren't there at least some situations when it's justified? For Deepama, the answer was simple. No, anger is never justified. And she found ways to navigate through life without it. Sylvia Borstein, who hosted Deepama in her California home, in 1980, said that her husband once challenged Deepa Ma on this point. Deepa Ma was talking about the importance of maintaining tranquility and equanimity and non-anger, and my husband asked her, could you do that? What if someone were in some way him? Okay, sorry, my uh, screen froze for several seconds. Uh, Sylvia Borstein's husband asked Deepama, could you do that? What if this is about anger? So she she was talking about non-anger, how important it was, like equanimity. 
My husband, Sylvia Borstein's husband, asked her, could you do that? What if someone were in some way to jeopardize your grandson Rishi, to threaten him? I would stop him, of course, Deepama replied, but without anger. And I just will tell you, spoiler alert, lesson seven is have fun along the way. In her quote, I am quite happy. If you come to meditate, you will also be happy. So, these are beautiful lessons. So, her life story is wonderful. And we are all, we all have mothers, we all are mothers in some way to someone people we care for, people we support, the people we listen to. So, happy Mother's Day to everyone. And I'll be with you Tuesday. We'll read a little bit more about Deepama and we'll sit. So may all of you be well and happy and peaceful. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs>